Welcome to Under the Vogan Villa. A podcast encouraging the extraordinary, questioning societal rules and taking action on a daily basis. Finding ways to create a life of freedom and true joy while still kind of contributing to society. Becoming the version of yourself that is best for you, the people around you and the world. This is Lexi Monzelio and... Lawrence. Just Lawrence. <laughs> okay, so this podcast uh, content theme episode title was actually... Um, inspired by another podcast <laughs> which is probably going to be true for quite a few of our episodes in the future I'm sure. 100% um, so I was listening to Ryan Holiday and Rich Roll talking about the 1% rule of getting 1% better every day and there was a moment where they were just talking about how in our lives in general, because obviously people often try and change their behaviors to become more happy in their life. So the 1% is related to trying to better yourself so that you can find happiness and joy and all of those things. So Ritual and, and Ryan were saying that it's it's like this illusion that um, we seek a, a life of happiness or a state of happiness when happiness is, it's like a temporary experience right generally it's an emotion or it's one of the emotions like mm. when you're happy you're excited or whatever so it's not it's like impossible to be happy a hundred percent of the time definitely um and yeah they the, the regard regardless of this because we'll talk a little bit more about like longevity and happiness and happiness being actually not an emotion or whatever okay <laughs> but for now for the state of, for the like introduction this is going really badly no do you think it's not you don't think it's going really bad <laughs> okay. we're just chatting um i just feel like i'm going around in a long circle no, but let me just try no. and get to the end of the circle okay so they 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 discuss how human nature is to seek comfort and not happiness that is very interesting oh and because they're comfortable they're actually unhappy they're actually unhappy that's interesting that's very very interesting because because it is it's out of discomfort that you challenge yourself or grow and it's only through growth and yeah experience that you you find joy in life right true so anyway so this started a whole discussion between Lawrence and myself about what happiness is and isn't and what I've defined it as as my whole life what you've thought it was or or pursued and I think we've sort of changed our minds (laughs) right (laughs) a little bit yeah I think so so we thought we'd share our views on this and Mm. sort of the discussions and research that we've been doing around it because yeah to to give some some deeper background, actually, where this actually came from, is that I've been very unhappy mm-hmm. for a year and a half, two years, or probably not two years, like a year, maybe. Hopefully not two years, because no. you've been dating me for two years, is a big coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Correlation, mm. not causation. It's, if we're being realistic, it's probably a year, right? Yeah. Let's say we have been winter, winter last year. Depra- yeah. yeah. So I've been struggling with, de- with like depression, um, which has never been an issue or experience of mine. And before, I mean, I had anxiety in the past, but I never 
suffered from depression and to be quite frank thought I was never going to because I just thought I was not that kind of person who struggles with mental health issues or whatever yeah <laughs> but I am apparently <laughs> Um, I mean, the same goes in the Afrikaans community. You just think whenever someone says they have depression, you're just like... Oh, shame. It's like, oh, that sucks. Um, I don't know. Like, you can't really relate. Yeah. Until you are there. Yeah. And I mean, I even have been very empathetic towards people with mental health and depressive behavior or depressive tendencies or whatever, because I'm an empath, not necessarily because mm. I'm actually like understanding or re- relating to what they're going through yeah but um but i yeah i just really never for one second thought that i would experience it the way that i experienced it in the past year and what is interesting is i felt like i deserved to be happier than what i was and I think that feeling is is quite common. I think a lot of people struggle with this, like, I don't deserve this. Like, I'm a fucking nice person. <laughs> why am I stuck in this miserable state of life? Um, you know, why why are things so hard? Why, 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 whatever. And um, I mean, that in itself is like a negative habit loop, which I want to unpack a bit more later. I just want to finish this contextual discussion first. Time, let's do it. Um, and I think this massive shift lately in understanding what happiness looks like and feels like and is realistically like in your life has really helped me as well let go of this feeling of being trapped in depression because I realize that happiness is fleeting like life and sadness and you know love sometimes it's not the the real love, the committed love, like the love, the feeling of being in love, like it's not all they always there. All those feelings are not always there. It's always there for me, baby. Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you're angry for a moment, you're sad for longer sometimes, but not forever. You know, mm. and I think I had this weird and I guess very common disillusion view that one day I'd just be happy all the time. Oh yeah, you'll be like, oh, when I do this, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, when, when this, COVID is over, I'll be fine again. I'll be happy. I won't be depressed, whatever. And yeah. and I think that state of depression was almost fueled by that deep need to be happy all the time. It, it's almost like a, like a irony because you're like so worried about not being happy <laughs> that you make yourself more sad. And then you get depressed because you're unhappy and then it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. So, so, I mean, obviously we're going into personal issues, yeah, and it's, um, I apologize in advance if it's quite, I know we were actually chatting to our friend Cara the other day at dinner, and she was like, I feel oh, like I've one been, fan. Oh, one fan, woo, two fans, we have two oh, yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she, she said that she feels like she's intruded on personal conversations, and I can imagine with something even maybe more personal, like talking about one's own mental health issues. It can be, can feel like quite invasive, but yeah. obviously the, the point of this is to, to share what we experience in the hopes that it helps. And to say that people. it's normal. Yeah. Like, yeah, but by exactly. We're, we're all in this fucking together. Yeah. So 
let us come back to the discussion and talk less about my sad past year and how great the next year is going to be <laughs> because of the shift in But that was a, a great segue because the last part you described was defining what happiness looks like yes. to you. Yes. And or, or what it is because I think it's also... The, what is happiness? The thing is people think that it's unique to them. Like yeah. if X, Y, Z happens to me, I will be happy. Yeah. But it's actually that in itself is the issue. People think, you know, you look at your friend that drives a Range Rover and you're like, I want to drive a Range Rover. When I drive a Range Rover, I'll be happy like them. I'll be happy. And that poor man is looking at his other mates with his fucking yacht and he's going, saying the same thing. And I mean, this is not a material com- com- comparison, but yeah. it goes into career comparison, like p- weight comparison, looks comparison, relationship comparison, friend comparison, family comparison. Like I... Many times it's been like, oh, I would have been so much happier if I had a, a more u- unified family. Because obviously I come from like a very broken home in multiple ways. <laughs> and that view of like growing up in a certain environment always made me feel like I would be happy. But these are the, this is the problem. We always look at something else and think we would get there as if it's like a... A benchmark for joy. Yeah. And success. Yeah, and a and a place to be. Yes. Like you're it's the, you're there now. You are now at the point of happy. Yes, yeah, like <laughs> yes, exactly. Like it's a an a goal or achievement or or a tick box. Yeah. That then you have forever, which it's yeah. not. <laughs> and I mean I, I think that I opposite- see it as a destination, like you've arrived at happy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Welcome, <laughs> ding ding ding. That's how it works. Um and if you look at it in the in the uh, the controverse, the con the opposite, whatever, yeah, there are so many people with so little. If you look at the conventional measure of success and happiness or whatever, mm. and they are probably well, not all of them. Obviously, there's different. Uh, this is Levels, like yeah. it's not. But there are a lot There's of not people, one rule, but, but there are people with very little that are happy and full of joy and life and love because. They're not wanting everyone else's experience and life and things and whatever. Exactly. So, what is happiness then? <laughs> so it's not. So I think we, we've determined it's obviously not a goal or, or destination. a destination or a certain experience or life necessarily. Like experiences can bring you happiness and joy. So this is why why it's like complicated. But I think like a, a, a happy life, like what does that look like? People think it looks like X, Y, Z, like oh, I have yeah. a great career, I've achieved something, yeah. I have a great relationship, I've got money, I've got a beautiful children, I'm beautiful, I'm ripped, I'm shredded, I'm um, influential, I make people happy, like whatever. It's, it's actually not that because those are all external things. Mm-hmm. So then what is it? You're asking the question. I'm, I'm asking. Okay. I'm asking you to open this discussion. I'll open this discussion with some quotes from Aristotle. Aristotle. Do you pronounce it Aristotle or Aristotle? Aristotle. Aristotle. Okay. Oh, no. I don't know. Aristotle. Aristotle. Never, not sure. That doesn't that sound before. correct. But anyway, I like to quote people like this because it makes me seem smarter than I am. But don't say that. He you said, are very smart. Thank you, baby. He said happiness consists of at least two aspects. The one is hedonia and the other one is eudaimonia. 
and those two separately are pleasure and a well uh, well lived life or life well lived um, but they've also changed a life well lived to meaning and recent positive psychologists have added a third aspect um, which uh, are feelings of commitment and participation in life which all contribute to this one concept of happiness because if you look at the brain I always go back to the science also because it makes biology my, it makes my brain happy yeah um, but if you look at the brain when they've done like a multitude of studies where they talk about do you feel happy when you do this do you feel happy when you do that and they can't really place an area of the brain that is a uh, what do you call it a feeling uh, emotion <laughs> an emotion of happiness oh, okay there's definitely an emotion of joy and pleasure and they can track that very well but when it comes to happiness the brain is very blurry on that okay but I have a question on that yes what is the difference between joy and happiness <laughs> so, yeah that's a good question um, when I looked at some things on the internet joy is being perceived as a f- very fleeting moment where happiness is more a state of being okay I, 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 I understand that yeah I'm paraphrasing, obviously, because I don't have my notes in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, so, there seems to be some kind of difference between joy and Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I interrupted you. So you going back to what you were saying. Going back to what I was saying? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, you, were, oh, you were moving towards so, that. Yeah, I had quite a, quite a good point here. When in your intro... It made me think of when people say, it makes me happy. We, we use that term a lot to justify anything that we want to do. Yeah, but this makes me happy. So I used to always say to people, my dad said, don't buy the car. <laughs> but it makes me happy. <laughs> because, don't buy the blue BMW. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it, it makes ma- me happy. It makes me happy. Leave me alone. <laughs> don't um, eat that yeah. chocolate cake, the third but it, slice. But it makes me but happy. Makes me happy. <laughs> and... If, if you look at what Aristotle has said here, happiness consists of at least two abs, ab, uh, aspects, where the one is joy, oh, not joy, where the one is pleasure, um, and the other one is a life well lived. It could be argued that we can easily tell ourselves that when we say things like, the car makes me happy, yes, it gives you pleasure, that we mistake that for I am happy. Yes. But we haven't yes. taken into account the other aspects of happiness. And just to interrupt you there, if you think about pleasure, if you're not... This is a public podcast, baby. I oh, know. <laughs> oh. um, it's under the explicit section, so I really feel like not a lot of people should be listening to this with their kids. Don't listen to this with your 10-year-old in the car, please. Yeah, we digress. Um, if you think about pleasure, if you're not very mindful and conscious when indulging in acts of pleasure whether it's like eating delicious chocolate cake or driving a fast car or buying yourself a dress or whatever it is shopping blah, blah, blah. sex <laughs> oh. I just had 
Bild. There it is. Um, you, you, you can often start to lose appreciation for it. Yeah. So if you're just repeatedly indulging in your pleasures mindlessly as well, that soon will not give you as much pleasure because you won't appreciate it as much. And you will need to supplement it with something else or something completely different in any case. Which is also like obviously the reason that pleasure cannot be equated to happiness because it is temporary and like very tied to appreciation in the moment. Anyway. Okay. So continue. I digress again. Oh, and then during my, because obviously you said, let's talk about happiness. And I was like, oh my goodness, I don't have a lot to say because, um, uh, I haven't really always or ever thought about, am I happy? Like it hasn't like that phrase, happy, hasn't made sense to me my whole life. Really. People would ask, are you like, how's work going? Are you happy? I was like, I don't know, I'm just doing it. because I'm working. Is, yeah, I'm working. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm happy. I don't, it's work. And uh, when people say, like, are you happy when you exercise? I'm like, uh, in the moment, I'm not necessarily happy because it's fucking hard, but I love it and I like am completely mad about it and I go back to it every single day. But I don't necessarily know if I'm happy. So it made me think about positive and, and negative aspects of the brain and once again that went into a deep dark scientific hole of how the brain thinks about negative things and how the brain thinks about positive things (sighs) i've never spoken so much yeah yeah yeah. no so so we're talking about your perception of experience perception of experience yeah that's so well phrased that's why i write things down because then i sound smarter than when it just comes out of my mouth because like english isn't your first language baby yes 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 yeah so the mind <laughs> so thinking about negative experiences um a couple of conversations with uh, my ceo can I, I don't know if i can say his name but no my CEO and looking at the listening to the podcast. I mean, people can just Google where you work or check you out on LinkedIn. So I'm pretty that's sure it's so, fine. That's so creepy. If you say Kyle, I hate Fraser. that. Yeah, Kyle, my CEO, is <laughs> he studied psychology and has like a massive interest in it, and he always explains all these things in so much detail, and it's always amazing and interesting. And one thing that he pointed me to was the innate negativity bias that humans have so for us back then in the wild way back when before all the buildings and securities and things um, we would need to survive and in order to survive our brains naturally adapted by thinking more negatively yeah this was actually in the ryan holiday ritual podcast um what the way they phrased it which was really nice was you constantly anticipating the worst in order to prevent it so yeah. you basically it's survival right so you gotta you gotta anticipate the worst because otherwise you won't you won't ever <laughs> like if you if you if you're not locking your doors because you're worried someone's gonna rob you in south africa it's very likely that you'll get robbed here so it's like a perfect very practical and very like yeah. basic example so yeah the the brain started to build up this like negative bias in all situations and which was probably a big part of why we thrived and survived so much as a race was a yeah. species 
because the human race because um you you know we've been thinking about the worst outcome and like adjusting course because of that yeah sorry i just totally blanked out there at the end so what else the negative bias positive bias what did carl yeah. say what is the rest of the story oh no so that, that that's the context behind sometimes so i've been struggling with it a lot anytime i get somewhere and there's been a thing from school and i think because of karate the self-defense made me always think of like how do i protect myself in certain situations and i think my brain might have spiraled since i was a child whenever i get somewhere I always look at how to get out, where can I be cornered into, if I need to do something quick in self-defense, how do I do it, where do I do it, and how would that look? And now, walking into a place, I'm always fucking anxious, <laughs> because I'm always so stressed that somebody's going to attack me. I don't know if I just spaced a bit when you said this, but well, why do you think this is? Because this is not normal. No, it's not normal. I think it's like... I had I had like the self defense classes and in self defense you're taught to like okay yeah yeah and yeah. I think that background might have you also do or did romanticize war quite a lot which maybe yeah maybe movies like it's mm. all the all yeah, these yeah, yeah. external factors that yeah that and I suppose come I think if, if you could literally pick a career it would be like to be a superhero <laughs> or like an army lieutenant or whatever so I'm sure you're you're like almost self prophesying that through your yeah. anticipating behavior what, anyway I'm going on another thing sorry no, but that's that's very true so what happens is all these things in my head are like reinforcing the negative space the whole time so I was thinking why would that be and is it something that you can just stop doing yeah. and if so how would that look like to once again make it practical so um, there's a psychologist, Rick Hansen. Don't Google him. He has some weird stuff also. But <laughs> he said the mind is like Velcro for negative thoughts and experiences. And that's why trauma like outweighs the best day of our life always. Mm. Why it's such a massive impact on our brain, whereas the best day in our life is not necessarily. Well, it's, it's, it's again because... It's, it's driven out of fear. Yeah. Because you don't want to feel this again because it yeah. is so bad. Whereas the joy, you're like, oh, this is amazing. So you're not like focused on the joy, wondering when it's going to come back. Although sometimes I suppose you can. Sometimes you can, yeah. And, and this made me wonder, okay, take it another more scientific thing of how does this physically look in the brain? Which led me to some quite interesting things. So... Um, a lot of people say that experiences literally reshape how your brains work and it can also impact your nervous systems. Imagine stress relating to actual like physical harm or anxiety causing physical um, tensions like IBS. I, I, have the thing, I have the thing that I burp the whole time <laughs> because of anxiety. <laughs> this is so weird. It's like the stupidest thing on the planet. But... Um, what I was going to say is negative emotions can affect your brain to that extent. It must be that you can train your brain uh, with the positive to change your brain once again, but for better. Mm. To instead of these negative side effects, get all the positive side effects if you apply things correctly. 
And that led to us starting to meditate, actually because of this research, because there's a little part of your brain called the insula. So it's a part of the brain tracking the internal state of the body. So this thing processes by ways of, what do you call it, connections and neurons? Yeah, neural pathways. Um, Completely spaced out. So I think it's about... This is the part where the insula thickens when you're oh, yeah. in that meditative space, yeah. right? So when you when you meditate and you consciously apply these meditative processes, which are normally always positive and reinforcing and calming, these neurons get laid through your insula. Mm. And what happens, they say, through meditation and long, long-term meditation, not I'm meditating tomorrow and then it happens, like long-term meditation, your insula actually thickens which then allows for more connections and neurons to process through it, which then enables you to handle more stressful situations. But it also, because it's positive, it's a weird way how the brain does it. Like each neural pathway has like a signature. Okay. Kind of like it's it's ingrained in your brain. Like something happened and it's there. Yeah. There's a bunch of layers forming. Okay. So it constantly builds accretion. Like it builds up. Mm. And when your insula thickens, you can handle more of this. But you can also now start laying positive layers. Mm. And these positive layers should also be built up as negative layers are built up in order to have the same positive effect. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I was going to... Um, so I think what's, what's like been missing from... If I say look at my life, because I don't want to say everyone's lives, because it's like I'm always pointing fingers at everyone being so shit, but it's actually we're doing this because we're the ones going mm. through it and trying to be better. So <clears throat> if I think about... So let's look at the past year. Um, I've been really depressed because everything at work has been so terrible. And... It's just been like constantly terrible. And there's been some focus on bringing or balancing that with like a positive experience. Like we go climbing and I'm doing a lot of yoga and we try to get to women or get away for the weekend every now and then. But generally my behaviors were not, I wasn't like actively trying to balance it. I was just experiencing all the negative and then every now and then having these little pockets of positive. I mean, and obviously mm. if I, if I'm like sit and think about it, I'm grateful for my life and I've got you and I've got the dogs and we've got a beautiful home and I'm not, you know, then you can ground yourself and go, okay, everything's not bad. Everything's fine. So there was like moments like that, but it was only until so I started the yoga teacher training, which forced the yoga to be more regular. Mm-hmm. And when we started the meditation, that there was this shift. And it was literally like one week, I just woke up and it was better. Literally overnight. Mm. It was, but it wasn't overnight because I know. And, I, <laughs> and listening to you now, I'm saying this is, this is proof of the pudding, right? It's like, we put in the work, we meditated every day. We've recently started cold plunging, Wim Hofing in the mornings, but that I don't think has been long enough to really tell if there's been, we've been doing it for two weeks. Yeah. Um, but the meditation we've been doing now for what? Two, three months? A while. Yeah, I think a month. One month? Yeah, a okay. month and a half. Okay, well, it was after, let's say three weeks 
or four weeks where all of a sudden I felt powerful again, mm. like myself again, like I could get up and not, it wasn't immediately like my heart was being suffocated first thing in the morning. And it's not to say that the depression anxiety is gone because obviously I've had days in the past week or we haven't recorded a podcast for a month because we've been dealing with life and trying to get out of this this sort of hole that we're in, which is still, we're still there. We're not like, I wouldn't say we're in a happy space, but what is fucking interesting is that it was only after I started actioning things and taking, forming daily habits and like, doing something literally going to do something about my mental health where it actually started changing which is so obvious if you think <laughs> like what the fuck else do you think is gonna happen yeah, I'm, I'm just like, gonna be happier yeah like okay I'm gonna okay look I set boundaries at work which helped, helped but it was like those things in isolation don't work you almost have to have daily routine in your life and in your home that supports a positive day can I throw a metaphor? Yes. And I and I, I think this is kind of how I see the bad, positive, even these neural structures. They call it neural structure that is left behind. Traces of neural structure. Oh, okay. It's almost like a fingerprint. I think of a, a tire that leaves a mark yeah, on yeah, the yeah. road kind of okay. thing. So how I see these uh, more, they call it neg- negativistic thoughts or joyous thoughts it's almost like a train moving forward so imagine a, a coal train you had to put coal in the, in the thing and then there's more steam if there's more steam there's more power there's more power it goes faster so but as soon as you stop feeding coal so let's say moving forward is negative as soon as you stop feeding coal you'll just have less power for the negative that doesn't mean the train has stopped so you got to keep keep not feeding coal in order for the power to go away for the fire in the train to go away so the train can go slower so you can turn around does that make sense that's a that's a hectic it's metaphor it's a deep one it's a deep one i think i get it As, think, i do get it think of what it. is the coal <laughs> your your daily is the habits coal the positive or the negative the negative if you keep feeding the okay, coal so there's the coal, more power the chain goes faster so you're going, going in a more, direction yeah a negative direction yes okay so then the coal you need to suffocate the train yes. so that it stops yes so you can turn it around yeah or get the fuck out and then walk got the you, other way got you got you got you okay I'm this metaphor you. isn't perfect but you can make it <laughs> yeah, how are we going to turn the train around <laughs> are there multiple tracks <laughs> you, just, you just move the front to the other side <laughs> um Okay, yeah, so I, I think that if I, if I look at our progress this year, which is obviously what this podcast is all about, well, it's like documenting and trying to unpack this journey that we're on to this enlightened, like, um, life where everything is perfect and we're happy all the time, peaceful and calm and nice to everyone, and we, always. And we float. And we float around. And we have a little yellow light around us. Yes, glowing, hello. <laughs> We're Lexi and just Lois. And <laughs> just Lois. That defeats the whole nice. purpose of just Lois by saying I just Lois. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. if I look at the progress, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing to me what one, day, one small daily action can do. Yeah. The commitment to meditating every morning for 10 minutes. It's 10 minutes. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. 
And obviously, it took it took six months to to do it. We've been talking about it since the beginning of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it took six months to do it. <laughs> and you know what? That's how it goes. Like sometimes you just don't, and that's okay. Yeah. I'm not berating us for not doing it, and I'm also not ashamed. Like I'm just happy that we're doing it now. And it, and if that's something to take away, it's like it really it pays off. Like I cannot believe how much stronger I feel dealing with the day-to-day at work which is worse than it was three months ago let me tell you it's not fucking better that's true it's worse and i do have terrible days where i come home like yesterday and Lawrence has to deal with like a crazy sobbing mess because i'm also just still human and that's okay Mm -hmm. so you've also got to be gentle with yourself when you're trying to to do this because it's uncomfortable it's not easy to get out of a difficult or bad space because you know what the, the the sad thing is that the it is easier to just sit there yeah like it's easier to just go i'm depressed and i just want to lie in bed and hide from everything it is until you've put in two months of hard work and all of a sudden it's actually easier to be on the other side and you're happy yeah. it's just that process of getting there do you remember our, our, our conversation with Cara on the balcony um anyway she asked about our experiences and how many we've had in this year. And it made me think of our, what, what I said. Psilocybin experiences. Oh, psilocybin. You, yes. We need to tell people I know. who are listening to this. I know. But psilocybin experiences. Psilocybin experiences. <laughs> psilocybin experiences. Um, the only ones is enough. Thank you. And just... in that moment, I was making a joke at the time, but I was like, Oh, I'm, I, enough improvement for now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit tired because that's actually the case. You're thinking about this, working on yourself, transformation, the things you want to achieve. It's work. It's it a lot is. of work. Like the it daily is. work, it is work. And um, but you made it quite easy. Like one small thing every single day reminded me of that book that I got from work. That inspirational thing. It's like an inspirational. Like a mindfulness journal. Mindfulness journal kind Mm. of thing. And one of the interests referenced John Maxwell, who's a novelist. And the name is so familiar in my brain, but I don't know how. But I just thought everyone knew him. But anyway, John Maxwell. I think he's like a crime writer or something. I don't know. I think so. Sounds familiar. Yeah. So he's he's written 40 40 novels in in a row. like, And he releases a novel every single year. And his secret is actually also so simple. It's one page a day. Mm. That's what he commits to. Yeah, and and that's the thing now. He's this massively successful writer. And his method is really not difficult, eh? It's not. And And that's the, in fact, possibly the hardest thing for me to get over is like I know it's not difficult and then I still don't want to do it and then I'm like well I'm not going to do it because I don't want to do it because I'm almost irritated with myself for not doing it because it's so fucking easy and I'm like what's wrong with you just do it like why can't you just get up and meditate you retard it's 10 minutes and then I'll baff around on Instagram for 25 minutes doing nothing like we are so strange in the way that we spend our time like and obviously, yeah, like again, you gotta be nice to yourself and whatever. But but it is it's it's very powerful and and it's it's also this is now we're talking about habits to build a happy life. But I mean these habits can be for any goal. Yeah. It's like if you want to get rich, 
you know, be a botanist. If you be a botanist, what's a botanist? Become an artist. The botanist. It's is just a cool a, word. I don't know what it means. People plant people. Plant people. Yeah. yeah. If you want to be a botanist or a chef or whatever, if you take fifteen minutes of action on that every day, it's not a lot of time. Yeah. You will be further than where you are now in any amount of time. Like and that comparison is quite powerful. Yeah. Whenever you look. The, on day two, you've already written the exactly. page. You're like, oh, and that's nice. There is also, that's also important. Like, looking back and appreciating the work you've done sometimes is mm-hmm. important. And I know, like, I'm guilty of that. You're guilty of that. Often you're just so hard on yourself for where you are right now. But if, if you look... Oh, that was another thing. Robin Arzon in the, in the Ritual podcast said something that I'll carry with me till I die. She said when she's feeling really shit or she's having a bad day or whatever, I can't remember what she said. She's in a rut or whatever it was. She just um, thinks of something that she has now that she didn't have a year ago or three months ago or a week ago or whatever measure of time you can pick one. Oh, that's pretty cool. And you'll like pick a different one every time. You go, what do I have today that I didn't have yesterday? Or what have I? Che- what do I? What am I grateful for today that like? It didn't happen in the past two weeks or yeah. what do I have now that I didn't have a year ago like That's two years cool. ago we have Franklin now we didn't have him a year ago I'm so mm. happy about that and then immediately you're just like filled with that little nugget of joy mm. but anyway so the point is oh we were going to talk about, I was going to tell oh, I feel like I'm rambling now about the habit thing but the power of habits atomic habits even the 5am club they all talk about daily routine what book did Marla read? Tiny habits. Tiny habits. I mean, there's so many like habit books. Everyone's guys. talking about because because it's true. Yeah. If you can build a routine that serves, like you, it serves you. It's also your time. You deserve that. You deserve to honor yourself and and give yourself what you need. And and that's like another thing we often think we're not happy, we're not like joyful, and our lives are hard, and I'm not where I want to be, but are you doing enough for yourself to get there? Like, what are mm. you doing? I was not, I was not happy for so long and I didn't, didn't do anything for a long time and it's because I just couldn't and that's okay. But if you start with one action, like you're already honoring the person that was so hurt and in this painful place, like you need to, to take yourself out of there. You deserve that. It's not... It's not natural to stay in such a miserable state and that the whole world is there and it's you know we need to move past this now and i know i have a tendency to go down dark holes <laughs> and i'm working on it but it's it's powerful what we can do together and for yourself and i think that's something special and something to be celebrated mm-hmm. Definitely. so pick one thing that you would like to achieve whether it's to paint a fucking painting, cook a new recipe, retile your balcony. I don't know what people do, what they want to do. Get, paint, paint lose five roots. kilograms, get a new job, buy a house. I don't know. Tell that person you love them. Yes. Pick something that you it's can do tomorrow. Talk. And meditation is a good one to just start and add into whatever your yeah. list is. And there's a bunch of free stuff on YouTube. Don't don't think you can't like do it without money. Seems so critical. Shame. That was quite critical. That was okay. an awkward silence. You were shocked by it. I'm so sorry. 
your face. I just felt you like you were like, shouting at people. Like I did something wrong. Why did you do that? I don't know. I just had this picture it's of a okay. naysayer in front what, of me. What Lawrence is saying is, don't be a naysayer. You can find free resources online and it's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is great. <laughs> anyway, we are now going to sign out, I think, hey? Yes. That was a lovely episode, I believe. I enjoyed myself. Did you? I did. Thank you. It was oh, great. Okay. Any comments are appreciated. You can Instagram us at under the Bogan Villa. No. At under the Bogan. It's under underscore. Under. Underscore. underscore. <laughs> Tiba says we're. The yeah. word under underscore. The Bogan <laughs> Is that more confusing? I don't know. This is a terrible handle. This is a terrible <laughs> handle. It's because under the Bogavilla was taken. You bitches. Okay. Anyway. We are on Instagram. We are not on anywhere else at the moment. But and you we're can, not going to be anywhere else. You so can Instagram us. Yeah. <laughs> One day, maybe when we like 45, we'll get on TikTok if it's still around. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't know. Can I leave us with an Aristotle quote? Do it. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, happiness joy whatever we want to call it therefore is not an act but a habit yeah son do it over and out